This episode of The Happiness Question is brought to you by Jay Schiffman. Jay Schiffman is a public speaker, coach, and host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. He interviews people with lived experiences on the topics of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. Each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined. I'm not even talking about the other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. Just those two. Those are our friends, our neighbors, our family members. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurants. They talk to us through our favorite podcasts. And these deaths are completely preventable. There are massive system changes that need to happen. But until we can have an honest conversation about these topics, these lives will continue to be lost. That's why Jay produces the Choose Your Struggle podcast. That's why he tells his story. As a guy in long-term recovery who survived two suicide attempts and an overdose, he recognizes his privilege. He's been given a second chance in a country and a world where most people don't even get their first. For him not to use it for something truly meaningful would be a waste of his second chance. That's why he gives up every day to work to end the stigma and ensure that those who need help get the help they deserve, because we're in this together. Check out his podcast, Choose Your Struggle, by listening wherever you find podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. It's the great podcast creator and distributor that helps make the happiness question possible. They make it easy to distribute your podcast onto more than 10 platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, all without you lifting a finger. Even better, everything they offer is free. You can even get sponsorships for your podcast with no minimum listenership required, like I've got. If you're looking to start a podcast of your own, there's no better place than Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Questions. Today I have with me Max Ivy, aka The Blind Blogger. He is way cool. So happy to have him with us on the show today. Max, how are you doing? I'm doing really good and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation. I saw you have a podcast. What's it called? It's called What's Your Excuse? And it's about people who have overcome adversity or thrived in spite of life's circumstances. People who have struck out on their own and started their own business or nonprofit. Experts who share actionable suggestions and advice. It's been proven in the real world. And people I just happen to admire, respect, or look up to. One of my things that I do in my show quite often is I ask questions of guests that I personally wanted to talk to and questions that I personally wanted the answers to. And so when you get to have a conversation with somebody that that you you respect or admire from afar, it makes a lot of this other stuff work, do it. How did you become who you are today? Well, they say that every overnight success took 10 years. So I'm on my 12th year of being in online business and I'm still not there quite there yet. So it didn't just, you know, I didn't just become this person now, but I, uh, originally, I grew up in a family of carnival owners. I was uh, lucky enough to spend 15 years helping my family run and grow a business. After my father's death, we weren't able to keep the carnival going. So I thought I needed to have something else to do. And I started helping people sell surplus carnival rides and games and other equipment. People were impressed by the work I was doing online to build that business. 
they were like, uh, Max, you're doing social media, building an email list, recording videos. So we want to hear more about what it's like to be an entrepreneur who happens to be blind. That led to the blind blogger. Uh, it led to my first book, Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, A Blind Man's Inspirational Guide to Success. Over the years, I did probably a couple hundred podcasts so far promoting myself, either the Midway Marketplace or the blind blogger. So eventually people started hiring me to get them on podcasts so they can share their story like I'm doing. Eventually a friend from Philadelphia reached out and asked me if I wanted to speak at a conference. So that you know led to public speaking. I did so many podcasts, hosts started asking me when I'd have my own show. So now I have my own show. And so it's just been a lot of, of small random steps forward that started from 12 years ago when I filed for my first domain name. I spent that $25 to get the Midway Marketplace to where I'm at now. So now I am a blogger, podcaster, online media uh, publicist, singer, traveler, author, blogger, and I'm sure there's something I'm leaving out. But the one thing I want people to know is, is, is that I didn't start out to be this person it took a lot of uh, continuous reminders from friends that I met online and people I know in person first to explain to me that I am an inspiration and that my story needed to be told and that I could uh, challenge and inspire people to take action in their own lives. And then to convince me to not only that it was possible, but to believe it, to buy into it and to make it my brand. And now I have had the pleasure to hear from many people that, We'll say, if, if Max can do it, then what is my excuse? And I just look forward to the next opportunity to encourage others to, to face those big, scary things and do what they can as far as uh, making their dreams come true. That's so awesome. So your book that I read, at least, The Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light, that was so good. I loved it so much. So helpful as a guide. Right. The thing I'm most proud about that book is that Against the advice of many coaches who gave me this advice after I published it, the book includes my, my email address. And there are 11 exercises in there that people can work through in order to uh, help them go after their goals and dreams. But the thing is, is we, we all know those people. And we've probably been that person who has read a book, listened to an audio bought a, a seminar or, or a video series, went and heard the, the great people speak. And when they got home, they're still the same person because it's still just them. And I didn't just want this to be a book uh, that would possibly make sales and, and help get my name out there. I wanted it to actually help people uh, improve their lives. And so I felt like the best way to do that was to make sure they had at least one person that they could report on their progress to that they could whine and moan to if they needed to. And thankfully, those people who said, Max, a lot of people are going to take advantage of this and get, and get free coaching or free advice, those people have been wrong. It's been a, a great experience with the people who have taken me up on the opportunity to exchange emails after buying the book. Do you have a favorite experience from that? I have, I have one lady who since we exchanged the emails has started her or at least the last I heard she was about to start her own podcast. I haven't heard from her in a little while. There's a, a blind fellow that I know who is 
now offering his services as a an audio engineer who before he read the book was was not sure people would want, even want to hire him so there's there's been there's been a few great experiences my only real regret is is that more people haven't reached out to me but I've come to understand that there are lots of people in this world who benefit from our work they watch your podcast or they read my blog and they get value out of it but they don't always feel comfortable expressing that directly so you just have to to realize that there are lots of people out there who are benefiting you just may not ever hear from them one of my best experiences recently was after giving a talk on asking for help and accepting help when offered or as my friend Alex calls it interdependence is more important than than independence one of the other speakers came up to me and started a friendship and had me on his podcast because he was so taken with the with the message and that was one thing me and him talked about is how is how often we do work great work that people just don't come up and tell you about it so it was you know really cool experience and one thing me and him have decided when people do take that initiative and and tell us hey you did something that i really liked or something that that changed my day or my week we're going out of our way to 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 point that out or to recognize that because it it really is something we need to do more these journeys we're all on are not meant to be done by ourselves they're a collaborative effort more so for some than others me i'm one of these people who I don't think I've ever met somebody who couldn't be my friend if they wanted to. So I do believe that this is more of a team effort and the more we can involve others and appreciate others as we're going along our way, the better off things will be. I like that you mentioned in your book that you strongly advocate for asking for help when you need it. How, how can we do this more often? Well, yes, I uh, 100% believe that we are not intended to do these big things on our own we need to ask for help and accept help when offered and i like to, to share two uh, expressions or sayings that i'm known for that seem to help a lot the first one is if you refuse to ask you rob the other person of the joy they would have received from helping you and the one thing i find about that expression is the more i tell it to people the more they're like yeah i enjoy it when i get to help somebody else I just never never thought that that could apply to something like editing a blog or being on a podcast or a speaking opportunity or finding a mentor. And the truth is there are just so many people out there who have spent years learning a craft, accumulating knowledge or, or information. They have talents and skills and they're just waiting. They would love somebody to come on and go, hey, I'm really struggling with something. I know that you're an expert on that. Could you please help me? Most people are familiar with the old expression, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is they say no. Well, that's not the way we approached it in my family. My dad always used to say, if you don't ask, they can't say yes, which is a much more positive twist on the old, on the old saying. But the truth is, if you, if you don't ask, then they really can't help you. They really can't say yes. And in a lot of cases, people have said yes far beyond what I ever expected them to when I posed the question in the first place. How do we overcome shame and embarrassment and other things that we normally feel when we're asking other people? Right, well, part of it is we're, we're living in a great time for this because there are a lot of old myths that are, st that are starting to be broken down mainly through the, through the internet and through the, through the 
the just the whole changing of the world economy as far as how people make their livings. The main thing is, is that we have to realize that everybody needs help of some kind. If none of us asked for that help, then none of us would accomplish the big things that we want to. And really, the, the, the real thing that people need to remember is if you see somebody that looks like they're doing it all by themselves, they aren't. They're just not letting you see the people that help them. They're not letting you see the team that they're paying or the volunteers that have come along or the friends and family who do the occasional odd, odd job or perform tasks they don't like doing. Everybody that's successful has a team. Everybody that's killing it online, they're getting help from somewhere. Some of them are making, are making more money, so they're paying people. Me, I've been very fortunate. I've found people who have done stuff I needed done for free or for less than what they usually charge or on installments when they didn't offer anybody else installments. You're going to be amazed when you start asking. And if shame, if the feeling that you're less than you think you should be if you have to ask for help is the problem, then I really advise you to connect with somebody else, somebody like me who can who can help walk you through those first times. Or ask somebody who is going to say yes. I mean, for example, a lot of times I know in advance that a podcast host is looking for a certain type of guest, but I still have to write that email. I still have to make them understand that I'm the person they're looking for. So sometimes it can be online submission forms like competitions, fellowships, grants, things like that, that they're looking, but you still have to make the pitch. So a good place to start for these people would be people or organizations that are looking. They may just not know they're looking for you yet. And I quite often apply to things that I'm not qualified for because one, they may say yes. Two, I may not really understand what they're asking. Three, a lot of times people aren't totally clear on what they're looking for. So start with somebody, a friend, a family member, somebody online who has a personality from their profile and their activity that makes you believe they would be willing to help somebody else if, if approached properly. Build relationships with people through commenting on their blog, sharing their content, sending emails without asking for things. If you Get to know somebody a little bit before you make that first ask. It becomes so, so much easier. So those are some of the things I would suggest to people who are, who are fearful or worry about how they're going to look. But the bottom line is people want to help you. The blogosphere, the podcasting world, very, very supportive communities. I've said it many times. If the rest of the world knew how supportive our online world is for people that are bloggers, podcasters, online marketers, everybody would have a blog or a podcast or both. I would say most things online can be accessed with a computer that's using speech, whether you're an Apple user like I am using what they call voiceover or a Windows user using JAWS for Windows or NVDA or ZoomText, which are those options. Most of the stuff can be accessed. The problem is, is that there's, there's two standards. There is usability, and there's accessibility. If something is usable, it means that yes, you can perform the tasks you need to in some way. It may not be easy, it may be very clunky, it may take you much longer than it takes a sighted person, but technically it's usable. Accessible is something that is not only usable, but it is so 
uh, designed for somebody using a screen reader or screen magnification or some other alternative devices to, to use a computer to where you don't have to think about it after a while, where it, is, it gets to the point that it's so easy that you can do it in this pretty much the same amount of time a sighted person can do it. One of the few examples I know of for that is, 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 a, is a system or a site we're using right now. Zoom is the only website I know of that understands the problems blind people have with mouse clicks. So every mouse click command in Zoom has a corresponding keyboard command. So I can do everything I need to do on here with keyboard. And if I do this on my iPad or my iPhone, I can do it with voice. And they're one of the few companies that's gone that far. Most, most companies, you can get them to add the alternative text to images. You can get them to add descriptions to their, to their, their, the back end, the, the, the meta tags. You can get them to add headings because headings are one of those things they've learned, learned that makes it easier for people to read your posts. So easier reading posts means longer time on site. So we can get people to do stuff like that usually by explaining to them that there's a, a search engine optimization or SEO value to doing it, which is why I've stopped telling people adding alt text to their images is the right thing to do. I've started telling them, you do realize Google indexes those descriptions of your, of your images in search engine in their algorithm. Once I started telling people that, they started doing it a lot more. That's really interesting. Yeah, so I use speech. I finally get, came to the iPhone about three years ago. Finally got an iPad about a year ago. Sometimes I have to switch between devices because certain websites and apps are easier on my laptop or my iPad or my iPhone than they are on each of the other devices. It's, it's sad that I can't get everything on one device. I'm getting much closer to being able to do everything I have to do with just my iPad, but I'm not quite there yet. I need to get something to put my tablet on so that I can hold it steady and approximate the distance to put it at when I'm recording interviews. That's one of the last things I need to do. So, but for people who use speech, we do eventually get it done. Sometimes you have to ask for sighted help and sometimes you have to ask webmasters to help you. And I personally love this. This is a trick I've started using. I don't know if you sighted people can do it, but maybe you can. You just have to think a little more about it. When I start using a new website, one of the first things I do is I reach out to the webmaster or to the owner and I go, hey, I'm a blind person. I've just started using your website or your app and I'm not anticipating any problems, but just in case I do, I'd like to just to say hello and we'll hopefully we can talk again later, something like that. And I find that I have built relationships with quite a few people who own smaller tech-based companies because they are kind of interested in what the experience of a blind user is on their website or their app. And so if you can think of a way like that as a, a good excuse, let's say, to introduce yourself to whoever's behind the product you're using, especially if you can do it early and use that as a way to become friends with them as you go forward, I really love that as a way of building relationships and, and uh, seeking future opportunities that maybe wouldn't have been available if, if I didn't reach out to them in the beginning like that. That's awesome. It sounds like you had a really hard experience with your dad leaving and the carnival and everything else. How did you get through it? Well, I did have a very hard time after he died. He was my best friend. We spent a lot of, of hours and miles together. We probably traveled over a million miles up and down the roads 
of the central and southeastern United States, moving carnival rides around the country. I learned a lot of lessons from him, so it was not easy. Eventually, between the time our carnival went out of business and the time my family got out of the business, my immediate family got out of the business altogether, we spent about three and a half or four years working with my uncle's carnival. We had competed with them very bitterly. It was not a happy time. Didn't enjoy being on their midway. A lot of times the decisions were made were made to benefit their family and to, to the detriment of ours. And basically I could see the handwriting on the wall. But what eventually did it was having a health, health incident where a doctor in Port Lavaca, Texas told me that if I didn't start paying better attention to my health, I probably wouldn't be around much longer. I saw a doctor who diagnosed me as having sleep apnea. And after the sleep study and the CPAP, they, I, I found that I had, I, I got a lot of my old desire and passion back once I was sleeping better. And so your physical health is definitely tied directly to your mental, emotional, spiritual health, and your ability to go forward in whatever your goal is. And if you're trying to, you know, to grow a business, if you're not getting good sleep or if you're sacrificing sleep to work on your business, it, it's, I understand it. Sometimes you have to do it, but it's not a long-term solution because eventually bad, bad sleep or lack of it will catch up with you. In my case, once I started sleeping better, I got more energy and more passion. And I started saying to myself, there has to be something else that I can do next. And that resulted in me uh, creating the Midway Marketplace, building that website. And when you wake up every day with a new challenge, or something new you have to figure out or learn how to get around it, it makes things a whole lot, whole lot uh, easier on you. A couple years ago, I read a really good book by Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the lady who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She's also a longtime freelance author, wrote for probably hundreds of magazines over the years. She said that when passion deserts you, curiosity will carry you through. And so having this new venture that with a huge learning curve was a big part of it, plus getting healthy or starting to get healthy because a few years after the the sleep apnea was treated, I had gastric surgery, changed my lifestyle as far as diet, exercise, and things like that, and lost over half my body weight. And so the two things combined is what got me out of the bad place that I was in. And eventually, I would thank my, uh, my cousin who was responsible for finally forcing me out of the business for good. I would thank him because my life is so much better in all aspects than it would have been if I'd have stayed. And who knows, I may not even be alive now if I, if I were still doing what I was doing. Wow, that's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? It is, and it's, it's sad that most of us have to get to a, a crisis point to make change. I mean, think about how many people who are now blogging, podcasting, running their own brick and mortar because they lost their jobs in their homes in 2008, 2009 during the, during the home mortgage meltdown. They were forced out. They didn't have anything else to do. They were, for the first time in their lives, they were free to try something they wanted to do. But it seems like it does take crisis, a health, a health emergency, a business emergency, possibly getting to that point where your company says you're too old, we don't want you here anymore, or things like that that give people the freedom to make those changes, or they force you to have to make them. Sometimes it takes something bad to have something good happen. Hello, and thank you for listening to The Happiness Question. We hope you enjoyed our last episode with 
Max Ivy. We can't wait for part two to come out next week. In the meantime, please make sure to share this episode with your friends and consider reviewing us on your favorite platform like Apple Music. We also encourage you to visit the website of Max Ivy at theblindblocker.net. We hope you have a wonderful day. See you next week.